All right. So, Katie, what are the top three questions you've been asked this week? Um, the first one is I've had a lot of people ask me why are why is everyone moving to Texas right now okay. and buying real estate in Texas? So, whether it's investment or personal, uh, your private residence. Um, what do you want to start with? Personal. Because we, Personal, moved, we I mean, moved to Texas. Yeah, so we moved to Texas for a reason. Um, and I think for us, we were leaving California for many reasons. And uh, the taxes being probably the most obvious reason, right? Yep. Um, having it's- no state income tax is a big deal. And while we have here in Texas a higher property tax... That is, like, you'll have sticker shock sometimes, especially if you're looking to purchase a more expensive home, but it still doesn't balance out. Because if you're purchasing a bigger home, then you probably have a bigger paycheck, and therefore your state income taxes are still zero. So, um, so yeah, we it almost balances out, but not quite. Most people... Yeah, we, we pay less tax, for yeah, sure. Most people, I would say... What do you think? Like it's almost like a fifteen percent raise. Easy. Just moving here. Well, and then there's there's just cost of living, right? Like, so I mean, the taxes are one thing, but then gas is so much cheaper. Like, so much cheaper. I mean, at least it's almost half the price. It is, yeah, because I think right now in San Diego's four eighty nine or something, and it's two twenty. Twenty two thirty. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's day to day everything. I think our utilities are the same. People ask me all the time. Uh, utilities are the same. My school, kids' sports and stuff are all the same. Shopping at Nordstrom is the same. Yeah. But your your big sticker costs are, are less, and uh, that makes a big difference. I think the schools in a lot of ways are oddly better in, in Texas, certainly, than they were in California. I mean, like, they, they, it's, they, if you're in a good school district in California, it's... You know, educationally, it's good, but they they seem to have a lot of resources in Texas. Way more resources. I mean, if you have a kid with special needs of any kind, um, from as light as like ADHD to or dyslexia to all the way to you know Down syndrome or autism, whatever, all the different um, levels on the spectrum, if you will. There's so many resources at every level, and and I remember when we were leaving California, we have one of our kids is um had a 504 plan as behavioral stuff adhd type anxiety and our occupational therapist in the schools in san diego said like hands down you're gonna have so much better care i i wish i could work in texas because my hands are so tied in the state of california which we wouldn't have thought we thought like when we were leaving california that there wouldn't be as many services but that just wasn't the case yeah so um, there are many, many reasons why our life is so much richer and better in Texas than it was in California. We like Austin a lot. It has a very similar feel to Southern California. There's a laid back vibe. Um, it's easy. Uh, if you get into the hill country, you can't even believe you're in the state of Texas, to be honest with you. People are always floored and we live in the hill country, so it's... So that's that's by Lake Travis, Dripping Springs. It extends all the way. Fredericksburg, Wimberley. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's a whole. Bernie is, extends all the way to north, north, uh, or that'd be west of San Antonio. Yeah, 
um, but it's a, it's a real cool area. Yeah, the topography is stunning, right? And then, There's a lot to do. I mean, like yeah. the concert venues, like, you know. Waterways for tubing. Cool and places to eat. Hiking like and whatnot. Like Travis. So, yeah, it's a cool area. Yeah. So, I mean, and then the weather in Austin, outside of our hot summers, is very similar to San Diego. What you say? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in San Diego this week, and it's, you know, 65 for a high, and 41 for the, the low in Austin. Austin I think it's 59 and 39 now you it's know. hot in the summer but I mean we're in the air conditioner or we're in the lake or we're in a pool so it's just I mean you get used to it right away right and I you know it's funny you get used to saying when you live in expensive areas it's the, it's the sun tax it's the weather tax and that's because Californians are taxed all the time <laughs> but like you I mean you kind of can easily get caught up in thinking that's okay like we're talking about three months out of the year that it's really hot like for a way better quality of life i don't notice it right your first summer is the worst by the way yeah. some people may notice it every year like that and but still I'm like for three months of hot you'd rather pay 50 percent more so we can let's talk about that since we're real estate our house in southern california was twice as big for half as much our house in Southern California. Oh, I'm sorry, Texas. Yeah, so we had a 2,400 square foot house in top schools uh, on about a 4,000 square foot lot. So very, very small lot. $1.1 million that house sold for. We bought a house in Texas, 4,800 square feet, almost a half an acre in the hill country, great schools. Six hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, it just—it's it crazy. Doesn't it doesn't compare. So that right there alone, uh, then you have. And then everyone says so. So everyone says Austin's you know super expensive, but whether you know, I mean, if you can't afford to live where we do, there's still great houses that you know that are that are all around the greater Austin area. Yeah. So that's that's right. We in San Diego, while we lived in this you know expensive house, because of that. Because of the, the housing prices all over San Diego, we could never take advantage of purchasing investment properties. Right. Because in San Diego, a two-bedroom condo is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right. And at, at a minimum. Yeah. Like you're, you could and easily you be up get, to eight hundred. You wouldn't get high enough rent in something to like cover that to your cover mortgage. your mortgage, so much less make like a yield. So zero that passive income there. there. Yeah. So. So now, this, now to be fair, like someone in San Diego, they could they could buy a rental out in Texas. I mean, right? You don't have to live, but for us, we were we didn't have the knowledge yeah, we and we didn't have a resource to help us understand that we could start uh, like find an expert in another area, basically. So that is part of why we're doing this, so people understand that you don't have to live in the same city that you're investing in. And I'm an expert here, so tap into my resources uh yeah so what we were able to do because we were able to purchase a less expensive house we got the sales tax you know back into our pocket our state tax back into our pocket lower gases all this stuff made it so that we're in a position now that we can keep buying investment properties and and the business climate in in austin is just i mean it's growing like so rapidly and and 
I mean, there's so many you know, job openings, so much growth. I mean, because it's a zero tax state, like there's a lot of businesses are moving here. So it's, you know, it's a place where I feel like, you know, obviously the business I work for is thriving, but there's just a lot of opportunity. In yeah, Austin. and it's a pretty resilient city. Like we're in an upward swing. We have been for eight years. We're still trending up. There, right now, there's no sign of slowing down. You never know. You never know. I, I don't have a crystal ball, but right now, there's no signs pointing that direction. So, but we're even in if a pretty it, I mean, solid. even if it did, like there's, you know, there's so many, there's so much business in general, and it's not oil dependent like Houston or. Right, it's quite diverse. Right, yeah. we're we're very tech. We're very. Um, Startup, very yeah, but but there's a lot of mature businesses as well. Um, so just in general, now the the investment like real estate, like I from my perspective, you know California, like we said earlier, when you buy an investment property, unless you put a lot down, you're not even your rent's not even covering your mortgage. Whereas here, like you know, we do our twenty five percent down, and we always you know make few hundred bucks a month above that like right so. and, and that kind of ties right into the second question that I've been asked like four or five times just this week alone is like how do you even get started in investment properties sure so that for us we had a lump sum of money that we wanted to put into real estate and we we put down a little bit more we put the down first time. 50 percent yeah, I saved extra and put that down. Yeah. Right. If we could do that differently, we probably would have purchased two with that 50% yep. and just put 25 down on each one. But it's fine. Like you, you oftentimes it. it's good to be conservative on your first time, get yourself uh, ready or prepared, get comfortable with it. So minimum 25% down, which in this case is often for, to use an even number, is about $50,000. Right. So, yeah. so fifty to fifty-five, because we're always looking in that two right. to two twenty max range. One ninety to two thirty. Yeah, yeah. I would say to just give a little bit bigger window. Uh, so yeah, you need a, approximately fifty thousand dollars, and it should not be your only fifty thousand dollars. Right. Right. You need cash. Like, don't drain your piggy bank just for one investment property. Uh, we're we've always been fans of you know budgeting and paying cash for things and we've followed the Dave Ramsey money management process although and, we do borrow so he would never do that right. but that's just a difference but to become debt free yeah for other his, than mortgages uh, yeah he, his his method is yep. is the way to go um, just just obviously we we borrow money to buy our to buy our houses but that you know we have a lot of cash on top of that in order to make sure if we don't have a renter or something like that you know we can afford it right and and we both we we are in the mindset of like we would rather purchase two or five two hundred dollar properties two hundred thousand dollar properties over a one million dollar property because if you yes. have that one tenant that you have a vacancy for two months that hurts. Well, the other thing is like, just I think the yield is higher. Cause look at our house. Like if we bought a new house and we rented our, out our house, like the dollar amount is of the rent, like would be high and it would cover our mortgage. Cause we now have a lot of equity in our house, 
but it, the yield like on on our our equity in the house it just wouldn't be that high because it, as you get the the larger dollar amount houses you yeah the rent's higher but it's not as high as if you had for our house, like say three $200,000 houses. Right, and I just think it's riskier. You know, having five and one not renting is a lot safer than having one and it doesn't rent. I, yeah, I agree. Diversify, so diversify is kind of the theme you're gonna see all over, like we're, we're saying, you need to ha keep cash and you can't drain your, your piggy bank. Yep. You've gotta have, hopefully, some money invested to other places and once that's stable, then yeah, you can start dabbling into real estate and do 25% down on multiple properties. We also like to do three to five in one area, so a cluster. That way, for us, we do hire a property manager, so it makes sense for us to keep them in one area so we can use the same property manager. He can let them out. He knows the area, like rents and stuff like that, so we get a lot of sense of what's going on. Right, we get good feedback from him. So we have two in Kyle, Texas, and we're... we're we just we stayed up enough, so we're gonna buy a third. Although I, I think we're gonna get started on that next month because we got to get this current one rented. Yeah. Um, but it's good having a property manager who he handles everything. He knows the area. He lets it out. It's worth the money. Yeah. So, so that is how we started. I mean, it really is just that simple. It's calling me up. I have right now six or seven people that are looking to purchase in January and February, and they're beginning to look at some of the price of the properties in this price range. And I'm sending them, you know, three to five of my favorites. Um, how do you do it out of town? You FaceTime with me. You, I walk you through pictures. I, it's so unemotional because you're not living there. You just want to make sure the numbers work. Right. It really comes down to that. Right. And then, so, and then you have a property manager who, if, you know, the, the sink breaks or something like that. They, they fix it. Fixed. You don't have to fix it. Like, you don't have to chase down your rent. Your property manager does whatever, all those sorts of things. So it really is so easy to do it anywhere virtually. And uh, this is a pocket of Texas. What we're talking about, Kyle, is uh, between Austin and San Antonio, closer to on Austin. And um, I follow the, the schools. I like to stay within a good school district. I feel like the, the, the person who cares about school rankings is the type of tenant maybe I want to have. Right. Um, I feel like the, the, the care of the, the community is a little bit nicer in a higher school district. I don't know higher why that happens, district. but it does. People just, uh, there's a little more attention detail to that. So. I it, and it and I can tell you the homes are appreciating at a little bit better rate they are. in the better school districts. So we follow the school districts, even if we pay a tad more. I believe it will all balance out in the long run. Yeah. Uh, so Kyle is kind of a, a hot pocket because you can purchase a home that is yielding anywhere from five and a half to seven and a half percent and so in terms of rate of return like you got to realize that there's two components there's the income yield that's how much cash we're getting on how much we put down and then there's also the growth so when Katie says five to seven percent 
that's the income yield and then they should appreciate five to six percent on top of that over the long run so you know that's going to be in the in the 12 percent range and then you throw on top of that i mean we take depreciation so we get you know we don't have to pay a lot of tax on the income we're generating um it, it, it's when you adjust that rate of return for taxes it's it's really good um, and honestly the the numbers like when you the reports just came out from the austin board of real estate and austin on average is is appreciating at eight percent right now yeah a year or so I, yeah and i mean on average so that's all over Austin. that's all over if, i don't know if our properties will appreciate quite that but they may because i mean kyle like you know that's that's just south of Austin, so people commute to Austin. So Austin's growing outward, so it may that may eventually appreciate a lot more than six percent. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So anyhow, this is a area that we kind of keep going back to, and back to the well. We'll continue going back there until it it doesn't allow us anymore. Um, another question, the third question that oddly has come up multiple times this week is would you use your IRA for your down payment yes so let's talk and I'm not gonna give tax or legal advice so you need to check with your CPA and attorney but you know the general general rules are gonna be that you can't take debt on a property that you're using your IRA to purchase so meaning you couldn't put 25% down using your IRA and get a normal mortgage on top of that. Now there's exceptions and, and stuff to that, but I, I wouldn't mess with that. Now, what we will talk about is, you know, if you had significant funds in an IRA, could you buy real estate? So we'll focus on could you and then should you in a second. So you, you can through what's called a self-directed IRA. And there's a lot of custodians who help you set that up and um, so you'd have to look into that with your advisors, um, but you can do that. Now let's talk about should you do that and under what circumstances right. should you do that. So I would, I, I'll go back to the, make sure you're diversified in the sense of like, let's say you have half a million dollars in your IRA. Right. Yeah. I think in my opinion, you should use 200 and go buy a property or 230 of that and go buy a property. I think the rate of return right now is much greater than, at least right now, obviously times could change, but right now the rate of return is greater than if it's sitting in your IRA. Well, I mean, obviously it depends on what you invest in in your IRA. The rate of return should be, like like we said, I mean, it should be, you know, five to seven percent income and the income yield and then, and then, then you're going to get growth on top of that. And that income yield obviously increases over time as your rent goes up. Um, so it's going to be similar, that 12%, I mean, or I guess that's uh, that's 11 to 13%. I mean, you theoretically could get that if you're investing in a stock portfolio, um, you know, depending on, on, on how it performs. Uh, but real but estate likely, is a nice diversification if, if that's what you want to do. So that that could definitely work. Yeah. So I don't I don't think that if you have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in your IRA that you should use two hundred and thirty thousand yeah, dollars to purchase. That a, that's just my opinion. Uh, but 
So there's the could you should you scenario. And just for just for clarification, I mean in, in our uh, IRA, which is you know I think say four hundred thousand or something like that, you know we're we're invested in stocks. We we haven't gone and bought real estate with that, although we've we've flirted with it. But I think we're just going to buy outside. Well, the I IRA. think something important to note, and again. I am not a CPA, I'm not an attorney, this is just stuff that I've learned along the way, is like hopefully this doesn't plant a seed where you're like, oh, I could use my IRA now to go buy a vacation home. You cannot. My understanding is that it has to be for investment or business yeah, purposes you're only. Not, you're not allowed to derive a personal benefit. Right, so then on top of that, the, the passive income has to go back to your IRA. Exactly. Well, and then also expenses need to be paid from the IRA. So if you got to like fix a fence or something like that, you can't do that with your own funds. That has to come from the IRA. So you have to have a little margin there. Right. So if you're, now if you're, you're going out this assets. trying to think that like, I'm going to get some passive income, I could use an extra $600 a month in my checking uh, account. Right. It's not going to you. It's not going, it is ultimately, but it is not anytime soon. So right. This is you, you can only wealth. use that when you can Right, you're growing your your eventual wealth here. Uh, so if you, if all of those boxes kind of can get checked with you, and you don't need this money, and it's all for just growing your portfolio, then that could be a good option for you. Yeah, I'll also say, you know, with if you're currently saving, one thing to think about is if your company does offer a 401k, which when you retire that eventually converts to an IRA you should look in you should always look into contributing to that because often your company will match it like up to a certain percentage of income and if you put 10,000 for instance in your 401k and they put 10,000 on top of that as a match well that's a 100% rate of return and that's going to beat anything you can do anywhere including sure. real estate so that's something to consider first as you get into you know investing and saving for down payments is you want to make sure you're taking a look at that 401k match because that's a great rate of return. So that's uh, that. That wraps it up for this week. A lot of a lot of talk about Texas while we're on the road visiting friends in San Diego. Yeah. And uh, that, that's our uh, top three questions of the week. All right, everyone. See you soon. Bye bye.